Welcome to episode 258 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Black. And this is our first full recording of the new format. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Yeah, man. It's going to be cool. We've been uh, collecting notes throughout the week of things we want to talk about. Before we get into it, we want to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible. Huge thank you to Envision. If you haven't heard the news, Envision's working on a new product called Studio, which is actually now uh, available for early access. Uh, it's a new design tool. It brings together design, prototyping, animation, and collaboration all into one place. It makes it really, really easy to collaborate with your team on top of the existing Envision platform, which thousands of you probably already use and love within your company. Uh, but now they've built Studio, which is a product for product designers. It links the design part, the animation, the prototyping. And then of course, actually getting that thing to market requires collaborating with stakeholders in your company. So Studio makes it easy to actually work with your team, including other stakeholders like non-designers who can leave comments and feedback and talk about the thing that's getting built. It's currently used uh, by every company you could possibly think of like Zendesk, Uber, Disney, Shopify, uh, huge companies already trust Envision. They've been using them for prototyping, animation, collaborative features that are all sort of separate things today, but Studio brings them all together into one app, making it really, really fast and simple and easy to build really cool products. Uh, One of the things that I'm also super excited about with Studio is they have uh, an API. Uh, They have a public API. I don't know the status of it. I don't know what you can do with it quite yet, Uh, but they're exposing UI kits, icons, and apps that's gonna be available for your team, uh, helping you get the right tools and components into your designs, building API access on top of a design tool that is publicly accessible that your company can integrate with is really exciting. And that's gonna open up a lot of possibilities for people to build some really cool shit to make designing products way, way better and faster and more custom and whatever you need you can build uh all this is an early access if you go to envisionapp.com slash studio you can try it out right now that's envisionapp.com slash studio uh give it a try it's uh obviously still being worked on uh but they've been teasing and showing a lot of videos of some of the things that are possible Some designers have been sharing things that they've been making with Studio. Uh, You can see some of those videos on the website. Again, envisionapp.com slash studio. Uh, Thank you to Envision for making this episode possible. Thanks, Envision. Appreciate it. All righty. Let's get into the show. Um, Marshall, uh, last week we released a teaser episode of the new format. And I had one job that I did not. (laughs) <laughs> perform which was to ask you who you are for people who don't know who you are <laughs> yeah so this mystery guy shows up yeah uh and everybody's just supposed to be okay with it yeah without any any knowledge of who this stranger is like i literally didn't even ask you like who you are where you're from what you do why why you matter well yeah that last I, bit is yeah i'm still not <laughs> sure about subjective. that <laughs> yeah uh yeah so who am i um, I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. I live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work at Google. Um, currently work at YouTube mm-hmm. um, on the gaming team. Uh, although I speak on this podcast as Marshall, the designer, private citizen, not employee of, yeah. of Alphabet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I grew up in central Illinois in Springfield. And um, yeah, I had a, had a 
not great time there. But as soon as I was able to move out, I, I moved to Chicago, uh, where I had a great time, went to college there, got a job there, worked at that uh, company for eight years, eventually um, got into design, the iPhone was released, and uh, I realized what a passion I had for UI design and user experience. And uh, that led me to make a little little app for funsies um, and in my, in my free time and befriend people online. And that eventually got me a job and I moved out here and yeah. been here ever since. So you basically uh, might have already answered this, but we had a listener question this week about uh, someone spoil the plot. Yeah, someone is. Uh, this person wrote. I, I would say their name, but their name is just uh, two lightning bolt emojis and the word race. Uh, um, I so, feel like there's a cars joke, cars two yeah. or cars three joke in here. So to whoever this is, um, I wish I knew your name. Uh, they are in college, and they asked, "How do I get my foot in the door in this field of user experience design?" Uh, and obviously, you you have found something that worked for you but now that you've been in it for so long i'm curious what what you would advise to someone now yeah you know, 10 years ago i don't i don't think wow no, it's been like six or seven years but yeah 20 um, years ago yeah. spoiler alert marshall is really old i'm ancient <laughs> i'm on my fourth incarnation um so yeah i i think ultimately I only know my story and I only know what has worked for me, but it did work for me. And I, I think it gen generally is a good strategy, which is <laughs> my strategy is the best strategy. <laughs> Listen to everything I say always. <laughs> no. um, when, when you want something, you are probably willing to put in the time and effort to, to get that thing. And if you're not willing to put in that time and effort, then you probably don't want that thing very much, right? So if you really want this thing, you'll be willing to spend your nights and weekends, any free time that you have, um, trying to build that skill. Um, what worked for me is I spent every night and weekend that I had um, to learn Xcode, uh, learn how to make an app. I think iOS 4 had just come out, like this is very early on, but... Um, I was like, I'm going to get into this app store thing. Like I've been watching Apple kill the game for years, like doing this really well. Skewmorphism is the peak of awesomeness at this point. Um, and uh, anyways, I, I, I focused, I, I did everything for this app is just a little timer app. And that, the thing that it is doesn't matter so much as long as it is, it shows your process. You're able to, um, if you want to get into code and the age old question of should designers code, but um, it is a good skill to have. Should designers X code? Oh man. Oh man. I think it's pronounced 10 code. <laughs> 10 code. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Apple fanboys. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so make a thing, show that you have this stack of skills, show that you can see a project from beginning to end, because that's what you're going to be doing at the job. You're going to be going from concept to launch. Um, working with engineers, and if you can prove that you have your own knowledge of engineering, you can speak that language. You know how to talk to those people. You know what APIs they're called, or what, you know, what methods are going to be called, what is available as an option, what is impossible. Yeah. Um, so e exhibiting that you have that knowledge, um, and uh, the next step, once, once you've kind of built something, and probably during all of this, you should befriend people in the industry, um, especially if, if there's a specific company that you want to work at. Like, everybody's on Twitter, everybody's on social media, so like, find those people that you look up to, find those people who work at the place, who already have the job that you want, 
um, befriend them, let them know that you exist, and and hopefully get on their their short list of people that they will come to when a position opens. Um, so that when easier said than done. That last bit. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's about being in the right place at the right time, and yeah. Uh, so that's that's you know that's the luck part, but being prepared when that lucky time comes. Sure. Because you can't you can't control the luck, but you can control all these other things like yeah. having that portfolio, having that experience to show and speak to when someone asks you to come into the room and interview. It seems like now is also becoming a little better that whole right time, right place thing because obviously Silicon Valley has kind of been one of those places, but I think that's starting to diffuse a little bit. There's so much going on and. Well, first of all, remote organizations now are becoming a lot more prevalent. So the right time, right place, you can maybe remove the place a little bit. Yeah. Um, So I think some of this will get easier, but I don't know. I just keep hearing over and over again that it is frustrating. That The place now is online, right? The place now is in the conversation that's happening. So if if you've inserted yourself into that conversation, you know... When, when an opening happens, mm-hmm. when uh, a company is looking to expand a team or something, that's that's the right place to be in, not necessarily San Francisco or wherever. Yeah. Because um, you can always you can always move. Most places will move you from wherever you are. Just show that they'll even fly you out for the interview. Like you don't have to live in that place already. This is not like uh, being an actor where you have to already live in L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to start doing auditions and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that would be my answer is like work your ass off. Prove that you can do the job before you get the job. Find people who already have the job you want and then uh, make sure that you're ready when, when that time yeah. does come. And it's all hard. Like obviously people have other jobs or existing things that they also have to do yeah. simultaneously. And it's yeah. just I toiled in obscurity for a year and a half. It took me like it took me like mm, uh, maybe like yeah, nine months to a year or so, and then another half a year before everything kind of went through, like the full interview process took yeah. like six months. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this Buckle is time. In. Yeah, yeah, but it pays off. It, you know, it, it's it's worth it in the end. You just stick it out. Cool. That's a good. That's a good uh, listener question. Yeah, I like these. I hope we get more of these. Um, so we had a few people send us questions. We'll be answering them uh, sort of as the show progresses. So definitely tweet at us. Uh, we're at Design Details FM on Twitter. Shoot, shoot us a DM, either Marshall or I, or just message the the Design Details Twitter account. Um, maybe we'll answer one more. We got a couple more that we can talk about later. And then I'm glad we we finally got to introduce you into the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm no longer Thank a mystery. <laughs> uh, we do have a full interview with you on on. A previous design details for anyone that a couple wants to, yeah. yeah. But like your life story interview, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I go into uh, excruciating detail. Yeah, which um, maybe is I, I kind of have a segue here into headlines. Um, mm. I'm going to self plug a little bit. So oh, yeah, let's talk about headlines this week, Marshall. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should have like a bumper here, like there's a radio tower like sending yeah, off yeah. waves. <laughs> ding ding. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice. First headline, I'm going to nail this segue as I've already done. Um, so we rebuilt the spec.fm website. Um, so cool. And one of the key aspects of it is search is faster. And the reason that's important is because now you can go to spec.fm and search for Marshall Bach and get back to that episode that I just mentioned a little bit ago. It's a perfect <laughs> use case. It's so good. Perfect use case. C-U-J. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a quick headline is we rebuilt the spec.fm site this week. Uh, we'd love feedback. Check it out. Um, it's pretty simple. Obviously, it's just a 
it's like not really a static site, but it kind of feels like a static site, but it's uh, all the content and we fixed a lot of problems with search and discovery and uh, making it easier to subscribe to all the shows on the spec network. So there's a new design. There's a new design that yeah. we did. It's um, cleaner and rounder and bubblier and more mobile friendly, mm-hmm. which yeah, the last more. one was not. <laughs> if by more you mean at all. At yes. all. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, yeah, that's a cool, that's a fun little project to work on with you. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, yeah, that's at spec.fm if anyone wants to check it out and send us feedback. Uh, next headline. This is something I'm, uh, it's cool to see, uh, competition in any industry. Um, so we have a plethora of, um, design tools and prototyping tools to choose from. And one of those is Framer, which just announced um, Framer X or 10, I'm not sure. Anytime I see a capital X nowadays, I don't know. You're, yeah. I, I spent the world years, is a mystery at this point. Yeah. I spent years correcting people who said OS X for, yeah. for the longest time. Um, and people who say iPhone X, I've just stopped caring now and I have no idea. I live in a, in a, a world of ambiguity now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Framer 10 X, uh, is, it, it was just, uh, had, they had an, uh, expanded teaser where they showed a bunch of new features, a bunch of new, ways of doing things. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. You can check out that video. Um, yeah. So I think the design tool space is we had like a baseline and now the bar has been raised to where the design tool needs to do everything. Yeah. And so it's been interesting watching sort of each company sort of in sequence, like strive to hit that next bar. And so framers obviously working towards that with, with uh, X10. The thing that is exciting to me, which I know the least about, but we finally got a little bit of a teaser. I don't know, people have obviously seen this in person in demos, so I'm, I'm going blind here, but we finally got to see a little bit of the React code that supposedly is a reflection of what's been designed. And it looked good, like it looked, it looked pretty good. And I, I don't know if it updates in real time as you're editing the prototype or, or the colors and like, how that syncs or whether it's an export process or, or what, um, is there a folder that you point to, to, to like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Cause they, they took the IDE out of the application. It's now whatever you want to use. You just import text files, I guess. I don't know. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Um, so the tab is gone in the left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're flying a little blind here, but, uh, it was exciting to see a little piece of that, um, Kind of raise more questions for me than than answered, but uh, I it's suppose like that's the nature of a teaser, right? Is to to get people talking about. Yeah, things. it's like it's just like that show Lost, where every episode you get some answers or questions answered, but then you just have more questions. More questions, yeah, yeah. Keep us wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, other headlines: um, Product Hunt is making a social network for people who make things, which is cool. I don't uh, know anything about this. Tell me about this. Uh, I mean, I know what Product Hunt is, but. Yeah, so product hunt it helps people uh, hunt products, um, <laughs> and they've been sort of a community-driven site from the very beginning, uh, and they are working on something called Makers, which Ryan, who's the founder, described as like a social network for people who make products. Uh, I think it's in an early beta. You can like get on a wait list for it, uh, but that's it. Producthunt.com. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, it's cool. So that's new. So for people who are working on side projects, I think having a community of other people who are working on side projects is really, really motivating. Not only because uh, completing side projects is hard and it's useful to see other people struggle through it, 
mm-hmm. but also it's good inspiration to see like mixing and matching and remixing other people's ideas because a lot of side projects are these small little things and you can combine small things in really interesting ways. Oh, plus like having a community of people kind of working in their own little bubble, like their own little isolated room. It's, it's easy to forget that there's a world out there of people who are also struggling. So like having people to talk to and communicate with about this stuff, like ask questions. And I think that's a great resource to like, it's like a co-working space online kind of, you know? Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. That's uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, one of the things I, I found this week is uh, a new design system has entered the arena. Uh, this one's from segment.io, which is a tool for developers to send data to lots of different data stores through one API. It, it's weird. But anyways, they came out with with a uh, design system, and it's called Evergreen. And the reason that I really liked it is because you can go into their uh, the like design documentation and the first section on every component is design guidelines and it talks about why the thing is designed the way it is why the measurements are this way why the colors are this way how it should look feel and behave blah 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 and then as you scroll down it gets into the code examples the props that are customizable this that and the other so i really like seeing this very formal and it looks great the the design system looks and feels really good everything is prefaced by this is the design guideline for how this specific thing should be used. Uh, I think it's kind of becoming par for the course for design systems, uh, but uh, to come out of the gate with that uh, props to segment. Nice. You want to fight me, Brian? I want to fight you. Okay. All right. It's time for time for a new segment called fight me. (laughs) And we need music for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine it's like, uh, I'm just hearing the Street Fighter music from like the original PlayStation. Did Can you sing that for me? Okay. Yep. That's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, fight me is a segment. Round one. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, this is round one of of all the rounds that are to come. Um, occasionally, Marshall and I find some things that we disagree on. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we get along and stuff. Like Most, we yeah. we have we have similar thoughts on things. However, however, periodically. We, we come across a thing where we differ, and this is a great opportunity for us to fight. For your enjoyment, are you not entertained? All right. <laughs> are you so, not entertained? What's the, what's the topic for this fight? This week, we're going to be talking about stock versus third-party apps. Yeah. Uh, because uh, this time last week, Marshall very casually mentioned that he'd switched back to the Apple Podcast app like a monster. For shame. For shame, for shame. And, he, uh, and you asked me why. I asked you why. With and, an incredulous look on your face. And, you uh, poor we, bastard. And what we realized is you have bought into the system that is Apple. The design language, the, the applications, and the way that they talk to each other and feel and behave in very similar ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and the, through that conversation, we realized that I have none of those. Like I don't use any stock apps besides Safari and Messages, I think, are the only two. That I use. So we're, we're opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. in terms of how much we've bought into Apple's the, first the party ecosystem. Apps, the yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. I th- um, actually, uh, Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD on YouTube, had a really good video on ecosystems or the ecosystem, um, uh, which you should watch. We'll put a yeah. link in the show notes. But I, um, you know, it has upsides and downsides, obviously. But the decision I made uh, was this is kind of all driven by my choice to use Apple Music, which is kind of an interesting thing. But um, I 
actually there's an episode of design details from back in the day where we were talking about Apple music, but, uh, yeah, so I use Apple music instead of Spotify. I'm a monster. I know, uh, don't at me, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I like Apple's, I don't want to say I like Apple's design aesthetic, although I do, but I know that when new shit happens, when new shit comes out, like when a new um, uh, method is introduced or a new way to use any given stock app is introduced, that they will have it day one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, they have a consistent design language across all of these apps. So if you use Apple Music, when you use Apple Podcasts, that it feels like the same experience. There's color changes and and it feels slightly different, but like if it's the same player, it's it's all uniform, which I am a big fan <laughs> of of uniformity in general. Um, I also use the Mail app. Ugh, uh, my man, that's a hard one. That's a tough one. Uh-huh. Um, there are some things that I miss, like snoozing. <laughs> okay, so why is this worth it to you? Why why is it worth? Like I know that you like uniformity, but you've just said that there's an app that you struggled to use, but you bought into it because of the Apple system. Isn't that a little bit brainwashy? What happened? Yeah, no, no, totally. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah. And it's not even a brainwash. This is like a conscious decision I'm making. Like I, 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 um, if I used Spotify, right, that's like a very dark app and it has a, has its own typography and it has its own color scheme and everything. Um, and, and then if I would go to like Pocket Cast, that has its own thing. Its dark theme is different. Its typography is different. Um, if I go to like Spark or something like that for my email, that has a different feel to it. All these different feels, things feel very disjointed and non-uniform, right? Um, and having that consistency of actions, gestures, um, location of of uh, CTAs, like there's there's consistency across all of these things and um there obviously there are features missing that i would like i just mentioned on mail i would love to have a snooze option that doesn't exist um that kind of sucks mm-hmm. or i love in in gmail how you can do different types of stars for things that's more for work but than, than personal but and and actually to be to be honest i i use gmail for all of my work email and i use uh, Apple Mail for yeah, all my yeah. personal, just to like split those up. I can't have, can't have my worlds colliding like that. That's right. uh, that road leads to insanity. But I don't know, man. I think I think when you take a lot of different groups of people with different ideas about what should be consistent or like what should be the default, then there is no default, and you have to remember in each given app like how do I use this thing, which isn't a big deal. Like I do this for a living, like it's not that big of a deal. But um, there is that slight cognitive dissonance of like, uh, is this how I do it? Oh no, wait, it's down here on this thing. Or do I tap? Is it in the top right? No, it's in the bottom right. You know that kind of thing. And that those little moments add up and I think pile up into a little bit of yeah. um, friction of using the apps. I don't know. Yeah, I think the the counterpoint to that would be the the friction is certainly true, uh, and then the lack of first party integration is frustrating. Like the fact that things continue to add AirPlay support mm-hmm. over time is just like, ugh. and you know, Spotify not being integrated with so many devices and things mm-hmm. like that is a frustration. Uh, but I like to think of the phone as like just this dumb medium for other people to to show me experiences. And not for Apple to just like own the whole thing. 
top to bottom. Not that totally. you only use Apple apps, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I like and, that and it's nor just do this... I think they should be the only ones. Sure, sure, I, sure. I like the competition, like I was saying yeah. earlier. Yeah. So if it's if it's just this dumb medium for people to put their applications into, I find that people come up with more interesting and more creative ideas, it seems, than than Apple's been able to come up with. Even even just extending functionality, like there are teams of people that spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week for however many years thinking about what's the best experience for browsing and responding to emails. Mm -hmm. And they built that and shipped it. And obviously there's lots of apps that do email. But I feel like speaking without direct knowledge here, Uh I don't imagine that's happening inside of Apple. Or if it is, it's not given the same amount of attention as as other projects. Do you think, I I don't know how Apple's in... Or how it even keeps up with the the evolving way that people are dealing with volumes of email and everyone has multiple email email accounts and on and on. Like the constraints change so fast that it seems that third-party developers are able to get ahead a lot faster of building cool features that most of the time end up being backfilled into Apple apps years later, right? And you like pull a refresh and uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there are definitely those and uh, like yeah. swipe actions like yeah. But and but it does make it in, right? I think Apple is the arbiter of these kind of things. Like, what is an official gesture that now makes it into iOS? It's been blessed from you know yeah. the the filthy third party peasants into <laughs> you know the into Canon third party presents that are making like a hundred billion dollars or whatever they pay. Yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, what becomes Canon, right? Um, I, I, yeah, and there's there's definitely downsides for sure. But I uh, an, another uh, counterpoint to your counterpoint is uh, platform integration or or cross device. Um, yeah, I give you that. You win that. Like the especially with the watch. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. Like having a Mac, an iPhone 10, and an Apple Watch Series Three or whatever the newest one. Like that is the best trio of things to use add an iPad in there if you want to like the 10.7 with the with the fast fpss but like uh those that family of devices everything just works so smoothly I open my mac and it unlocks because I got my watch and I I I fast forward on my watch and it goes on my phone and which goes to my headphones I add uh, airpods in there too like this is that like buying into that regardless of what you think is really fucking good like it's really good and it all works well 99.5% of the time, it works flawlessly together. Um, I live that beta life, so things break down every once in a while. But yeah, um, yeah, the ecosystem, man. So listeners, uh, we're going to have a poll on our Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can let us know what you use mm-hmm. or where you, you lean on this side of, which side of the argument there. What's your prediction? I think most people use third-party apps. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 I think my parents use first-party apps. Yeah, I love you, mom and dad. I know I am. I am an old, old, ancient person, but uh, I don't know. I think I think there's some value to it, and also I, the the cool thing about this is the back end of all this is kind of third party apps. Like, well, and and it's not entirely uh, first party. So, like, um, I use Things, for example, for my to dos sure. instead of Reminders because Reminders is not good yeah. for the way that I used to do at least. Um, uh, but like my, my mail, that's all Gmail on the back end. Like, right, like it's, it's just being shown through mail. But another part of that is too, is like all the icons on my home screen are part of a family, right? Like when, when they're all Apple icons, I know that they're going to conform to the, um, icon grid, like the, the, 
you know, layout of how an icon should look. Um, I know that they're going to have a consistent color scheme. So they look, they family well together, you know, and that's something that you cannot guarantee at all, especially with third party apps. They want to stand out. They want to be neon green Spotify or yeah. whatever. So I don't know who, who wins and where do you land on yeah. this thing? Let us know on the twits on the twits. Uh, who won is, is my, uh, is my, is my nose bloodied? Are you missing teeth? Did our this fight was, go well? As far as fights go, I think this was pretty tame. Maybe we'll find something that we really, really disagree on. At yeah, some yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm willing we're to... We're just too agreeable. Like, oh, you make a good point. You oh, know? Yeah, it's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I'm willing to grant you some of these points. Like, I know. And, and likewise. So, yeah. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll draw blood at some point. Yes. All <laughs> right. Let's wrap up uh, this episode of the show with uh, something cool you found this week. Yeah. Do you want to start? Or you want me to start? Uh, sure. Uh, so my thing isn't new uh, by any means. Probably lots of folks use this app, but it's Things, which you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just going to talk a little bit about um, a couple of use cases I found for it. That's really nice. So obviously Things is a to-do app. It's um, made by Cultured Code. Made by Cultured Code. It is a master class in interaction design, user interface design. Uh, so good. It's it's a very good app and they charge money for it, which I also appreciate, uh, but it's expensive. If you want the whole suite, it's expensive. Yeah, if you want the whole suite. So I, I uh, have found ways to sort of extend it beyond just being a to-do list app into other things that help me track the things that I care about. So uh, I have a couple lists that I like to keep up with. Uh, I have a groceries list, which I guess is technically to-do, but it's sort of just a rolling thing that I add to throughout the week. Uh, but I also have a couple of lists. Um, one is called Startup Lessons Learned, which is things that I've learned having worked on a startup, uh, building Spectrum with Brendan Max. Uh, and I just keep a, a list as as wins and failures occur. Uh, I just jot it down because I know I will not remember it a year from now or I'll look back with um, a very different color tint on my glasses. And so noting it down in the moment of like, this thing was good. This thing sucked. It's like a real-time post-mortem or yeah. what's what's like a current mortem? Current, a current mortem. Yeah. Um, and so those things will never get checked off. This is just a, a way for these things to exist in the same timeline. My, my logbook, these will exist in that same timeline as the things that I'm doing throughout the day. Uh, and then I also have a list of movies that I've watched. And if I want to see a movie, I just add it to that list. So now I have like a library of all the movies I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I approve of that use case. And on none. So I, I'm a huge fan. And then as far as just a designer's app, it's it's a, it's a great thing to play with and learn from. And yeah. they just have done an incredible if, job. If you are a new designer, like you're you're not exactly which, what's good, what's not good, and you have $10 to spare, don't, they're not a sponsor or anything, but download Things 3. I've been I've been a things user since one like day one. Um, I kind of come and go. I, I've I've vacillated between things and OmniFocus back and forth. Um, but I've I've stuck with things three since it came out, and it is a masterclass. Like you said, it's it's outstanding. So if you're if you're looking to learn and uh, you have ten bucks, this I think this is probably the best use of ten dollars <laughs> for yes. just seeing. Not only great design, but the implementation of that design and the implementation of gestures and interactions and everything. It's it is outstanding. So what's my cool thing? What'd you find this week, Marshall? Oh man, I just found it this morning and uh-huh. it is very, very cool. So um it is a 
study. Okay, so go to refresh.study, I think is the is the URL. But um, It's by two guys named Julius. Julius Garrig and Julius Elias Sohn. I hope I'm pronouncing those names right, but Julius X2. Yeah, so this this uh, concept by the Julii. The Julii Julii Institute of Art and Design. (laughs) Uh, It's called Refresh, and it is uh, a fresh approach to the web browser. There's a video that you can check out. It looks so cool. And I think, um, I mean, one of my pet peeves with browsers is I, I get a billion tabs open, and eventually I have to do maintenance, and I end up like pinning stuff and grouping things and opening separate windows so that I can keep documents separate from browsing separate from whatever. Um, and this, this allows you to create spaces where you can have different uh, tabs open for work or you can define them however you want to. And it, it, what's really cool is it, it they're utilizing some um, iOS design patterns here. So if um, you look at the way they, they switch spaces it uses the same UI as the um, text effects in mess uh, in messages. Messages, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's interesting. That is a UI that only exists in messages. It hasn't been utilized anywhere else. But they picked that out, and and I think it works pretty well in this case. It's like a context switcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where they're all kind of peers. They're all similar, but um, yeah. There's color coding, and uh, this is just really, really cool. And and the the browsing history the way they laid out this visual um tab interface it's like at any given point you can see which tabs you have open and each tab has a start like an open point and a close point yeah. so you can slice at any given point i had these tabs open uh and yeah you can pick that moment in history that is such a cool idea i, I, yeah. mean, I know how good a thing is based on how pissed I am that I didn't think of it. <laughs> and I'm very pissed that I didn't think of this. That's a very interesting measure of how good a thing is. <laughs> do you do the same thing or no? No, but I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's kind of my yardstick is like, how angry how am, I am I that I? someone else had this great idea? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, refresh.study. Super cool. Check it out. Again, uh, another I, really great... I'm not sure how... It's not built. It's just a concept. It's a I'm not sure how good it would be in actual use, but the video looks super sexy and mm-hmm. the design is pretty solid from what I can tell, although this is, you know, I haven't used it, but yeah, just a cool study. Check it out. I'd call out one more thing. The The website itself is yeah. nicely made. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of really cool effects. Like as you scroll down, there's a section called find it with a tag. And when you scroll into it, like tags the word tag. And then you scroll down to the next section and it says, Focus on what's important, and as you scroll into that, the the text sort of blurs and then and then focuses. So there's some really nice effects. Uh, there's some cool interactivity, like you can switch between seeing the different features they've built. Um, like the the focus on what port what's important section is cool, showing you focus mode for different websites uh, like SoundCloud.com. They have this toggle where you can see like, oh, here's here's what SoundCloud normally looks like, and here's what our our imagination does when you put SoundCloud in focus mode and it like flips yeah. the screen around. It's basically an extension of like reader mode or whatever Apple right. calls right. Uh, for more media types. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like stripping out all the stuff that isn't important, yeah. but they have, yeah, for more media types. Plus if you, if you <laughs> it's click almost on just an unsolicited redesign of SoundCloud because <laughs> the, the default SoundCloud just looks messy yeah. at this point and then they just this like yeah. focus mode that's really nice but yeah if you click on these little tabs too there's a nice little overshoot and set a little antic overshoot and, oh actually there's no antic but there is an overshoot and set a little bouncy on the yeah. on the tab going back and forth just really good polish throughout this whole thing beginning to end i hope they build it i hope 
they find the opportunity to actually make this thing real because I yeah. will download it and use it despite my uh, adherence to stock apps. Um, yeah. 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 I believe cool. I believe the uh the context here is this was a thesis for their their grad school. Oh uh, man. I think they're they're graduating. I'm so inadequate. So uh that's Julius Garrig and Julius uh Elias Sohn. I will have links to them in the show notes and then Shout check out refresh out. dot study. Yeah. Y'all done good. And this is it. That's the end of episode two hundred and fifty eight. Yeah, the new format. What do you think of this new uh segmented thing? Uh I'm asking the listeners, not you, Brian. Oh. Yeah. I was yeah. about to give you my opinion. But but I'll, okay, sure, fine. I'll listen to what you have to say, I guess. Uh I thought it was just how all of our listeners are going to tell us what they thought of it on Twitter. Uh, let us know what you thought. Um, <laughs> way, way to really <laughs> to commit that on that decision. There. Uh-huh. That's, uh, you're so strong. Yeah. So I'm looking at our recording time and we're a little over 40 minutes. I think this is longer than we want episodes to be. So let us know what you thought of like the length. Um, we went through a few segments. Uh, we did a listener question headlines. Uh, a fight me. A fight me. And, one cool and things. One cool thing. So let us know what you thought of that. Uh, and if you want to come hang out with uh, our community, that's at spectrum.chat slash specfm. And of course, before we go, be sure to check out Envision. Envision's working on a product called Studio, which is a new way to design, prototype, and collaborate with your team to build better digital products. You can try it at envisionapp.com slash studio. It's in early access right now, so you can get your hands on it. Uh, try it out. They're working on some really amazing stuff. I'm excited about API access. I don't know when that's coming, what it's going to look like, uh, but you can get started and get your team on board. That's at envisionapp.com slash studio. Thank you again to Envision. Thank you, Envision. And thank you to you for listening. If you need more podcasts after this one's over, go to spec.fm. We've got tons of great shows on the network for designers and developers. Uh, We hope that you'll check them out and subscribe and uh, continue to send us feedback on, on the Twitter. Sweet. I think this went all right think so too see you next week yes yes we will be here next week don't ask that as a question <laughs> see you next week yes we'll see you next week no, is it like, uh, yeah hey buddy we got a date for next week mm-hmm. okay this time next week all right next wednesday it's home. 